Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on the show, I've got Junior Reyes. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Donovan? I'm doing good. Sorry about my voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Morning Mixtape for Met Radio. And where are you from? From Queens, New York. Born and raised. All right, all right, all right. Shout out to all our Queens, Brooklyn people, right? Definitely. Shout out to the entire city of New York. All right, all right. How did you get, decide you wanted to be an actor? Uh, oh, man. Uh, so just to make a long story short, uh, I literally, I was always infatuated with films, uh, TV, stuff of that nature. But I never thought it was something that, you know, it's something that you make a career out of. It's like a pipe dream is what they call it. But uh, when I got to college, I started voice acting. And then that's when I truly became uh, infatuated with the art of acting instead of film. So uh, after that, I've been doing it for a few years now. And hopefully my career takes off. All right. Don't you think it's taking off already or you still got some work to do? Uh, honestly, the work of an actor is never done. I never... Not to say that I'm not grateful for the opportunities I've gotten already, but it's something that I'm going to continue to work towards. There is a specific goal that I do have, and I haven't achieved it just yet. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you accomplish that goal. Is it to work with Denzel Washington? It most definitely is one of those. <laughs> it's definitely one of those. <laughs> All right. So which actors were you inspired by him? What other actors? Uh, Will Smith in particular. Uh, I was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like many other kids as well. It's one of those shows that is was one of the first times that you actually saw people that looked like us on screen. So it was, it kind of like let me know in the back of my mind that there's something that I can't do if I really put my mind into it. Uh, but Will Smith is definitely one of those big influences in my, uh, my career. Also, he doesn't get spoken about a lot. Uh, excuse me. But and Mr. Lawrence Fishburne, he's a humongous, uh, he has a humongous, how do I say it, uh, influence on the choices that I make as an actor because he's absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't talk about Lawrence Fishburne that much, but I'm glad he draws some inspiration to you, right? Yes, definitely. Okay, so talk about these projects that you've been working on, because you've been in a quite a bit of, you know, film and TV stuff. Definitely. So uh, I first signed with my manager. His name is Brett Paxson. Uh, this was back in 2021. And that was the first kind of any kind of representation that I ever had. And that's really when the, the flood started coming in. Uh, thankfully, thank God. Uh, so the first project that I was in was in Law & Order. They brought back the original series. I was able to work with uh, the gracious and uh, hilarious on set, by the way, Mr. Anthony Anderson. Uh, he was a lead on the show for a season, and he was absolutely amazing to work with. And then after that, I booked a episode on the Wu-Tang series on Hulu, which was an absolutely amazing experience uh, because most of the cast and crew, especially the director as well, was people of color. So I felt absolutely at home, hair and makeup, uh, not to discredit anybody else, but particularly in the Hulu uh, American saga Wu-Tang, their crew was absolutely amazing to work with. Uh, it, they made me feel right at home, was comfortable to do what I do. 
and it's definitely one of those uh, one of those hallmarks of my career. And that it doesn't stop there, right? Definitely does not. <laughs> so, All right. Yes. So after that, I was able to book a commercial for my my city, my home, uh, New York. So it was a campaign that was spearheaded by, I believe, Mr. Eric Adams, our current mayor. So it was basically a commercial just for people to eat healthier, specifically plant foods. And it was a, it was probably the first time that most of my friends were able to see me all over New York, like all over the city. Um, a lot of actors don't say that they're, they do it for the fame. And I, I definitely sympathize with that, but it was a feeling like no other, like seeing your face and everybody sending you pictures. Uh, my mother being especially proud because this was a commercial that I did in English and in Spanish. So it was something that she could understand and see me perform on screen, which was something that was, um, especially it was a gift. It was definitely a gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about what do you call it? The onset vibe of commercial work, because, you know, people kind of, you know, don't think commercials are all that. Sometimes actors and actresses want to go straight for the TV and film, but talk about you probably had fun on set on commercial work. Yes, definitely. So it's, you definitely brought up a good point that most actors they just want to go straight to film and tv uh commercial work is fantastic because like you said it's the the process of getting a commercial done is it's not much of a difference between tv and film there's a story that's being told there's a process that needs to be followed there is a director there's actors there's scripts everything of that nature so seeing it as not any different than tv and film is actually an advantage because you're able to give a, an authentic performance. So when you're doing a commercial, it is very technical. So is TV and film anyway, but it is extremely technical. There's certain ways that things need to be put down. I'll give you an example. Uh, so we were doing an eating plant foods campaign. So we obviously would have to show the plant foods being done. So they're very particular and meticulous with the way that they're putting plates on top of plates food on top of food this has to sizzle this way it has to sizzle that way we weren't stapling anything to the to the table <laughs> i'll tell you that much but there was it's incredible it's like art basically you're making an art form during a commercial mm -hmm. and that art form turned into beauty right exactly right exactly right <laughs> all right and then you're fluent in spanish too do you want to tell the listeners about that that you know of course dominican you know your spanish yeah definitely so eh, de parte dominicano los papás míos son eh, de bonao este español fue la, el primer idioma que yo aprendí pero obviamente cuando yo me fui para la escuela este aprendí inglés entonces no soy el mejor hablando español pero yo me como quien dice yo me defiendo uh -huh. uh, yes so the Spanish language I actually read a lot more in Spanish now uh, just because that's a medium that not a lot of people know about like uh, Spanish media especially in the U.S. is something that's actually it's so many cultures so many backgrounds it's it's rich with stories and hopefully uh, Hollywood and whatever the case may be over here in America takes that into account. 
Mm-hmm. Talk more about what do you call it, Spanish media. Have you been in some Spanish films or would you like to write your own Spanish projects? Yes, definitely. So I've been a part of so the, the last commercial I just did, which is what I want to see uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was a voiceover commercial for Florida and it was to, specifically in Spanish. And it was amazing just because if you're when you're able to meet people from the same background that you have in, let's say, other states, it's it's almost like you create a, a family outside of your own family. Because when you're doing artwork and you're doing foreign acting, you really get to connect with other people just because it's such an emotional uh, medium. So when I did that, it was really an amazing experience. It was short, but it was amazing. And the like I, I think I told you this before, it's, a, it's an Audible series that I'm a part of. I can't divulge much information just because it hasn't uh, hasn't been presented yet. It's out there. The name of it is out there, but I just so I cover my bases. I don't want to get too much into it. But the series it's based on a Hispanic couple, and I play one of the friends, a supporting role, and it, it delves into the ins and outs of a a relationship, a Hispanic relationship, and the basically the the struggles and the struggles that one has if they only speak Spanish, English, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And then probably you can dive into it more by talking about growing up maybe in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, so I grew up specifically in Queens, New York, but I'm, I'm definitely all over the place in New York, especially now that I'm older. So with growing up in New York specifically, that it's great that you brought that up because I brought a lot of my experiences to that series, that podcast series coming out in Audible. Uh, it's because it's a very specific and uh, rich, rich uh, background. Whenever you come from New York and you come from a Hispanic background, from especially from your parents, first generation uh, immigrants, there's a lot of stuff that you can learn without being in the actual country they're from, from them. So it's almost like you have a dual identity. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but if there's whenever people are bilingual, they had different personalities, different languages. Right. And I sort of, I can sort of sympathize with that because when I speak Spanish, I, it's almost like I become a more, I want to say chipper person or a more uh, approachable, friendly person. As opposed to when I'm in English, I'm in, I'm in the New York mode. We're not so nice. <laughs> I can, I can admit that we're not so nice, but we're kind. That's a big difference. And you're kind. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and I'm kind. I'm not because nice, you're I'm in, kind. you're in the, you're on the show. That's why you're kind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So give what do you call it? Um, other actors and actresses tips when they're doing audibles, right? Because there are voice actors for audibles. What would you tell them? Definitely. So when doing voiceover work, I would say treat it the same way that you would treat it as a a film or a TV episode, treat it the same way, treat it with the same respect. Because I see sometimes with actors, they obviously they don't learn their lines and you don't necessarily have to learn your lines, but knowing the material and giving it the breakdown and giving it the respect uh, that you would give it for like a TV and on-screen acting, it's going to help you out so much more just because the only, the only tool that you have with voice acting is obviously, like I said, the voice. So you have to find a way to communicate any kind of emotion that you have that's on the page 
through your voice and it can be difficult. But if you find a way and you can break it down and make the and do the work, it can definitely happen. So take it the same way that you would do with your process for TV and film and have fun because it's incredibly free when you don't have to worry about a camera watching you. You can do whatever you want with the other tools that you have, with your body, with your movements, uh, with the, your voice, pitch, uh, whatever the case may be. But yeah, definitely take it seriously. Right, right, right. And uh, what do you call, just remind listeners, what is Audible? What do you call when they're doing voice actors for Audibles? Because that's very popular now. Yeah, definitely. So Audible, they've they've definitely been uh, rewriting a lot more podcast uh, shows. So with Audible, they're presenting a whole host of Audible original podcasts. So these podcasts are stories. Uh, sometimes it could be individual stories. Sometimes it could be an amalgamation of stories in one podcast. So they've greenlight. They greenlit a lot of stories of Hispanic origins, uh, of Spanish origins, of origins of the P of people of POC, uh, people of color. A whole. It's just like a plethora of things that they greenlit and i'm super excited for everybody to get to see and to listen to these these new shows right 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 and i know you have a passion project that you can't share but if you got one today what would it be and who would you be playing yes so a passion project that's a that's a good one <laughs> so Honestly speaking, I, I have so many roles in my mind that I want to play that it's it's tough to pick one. But I'll definitely do my best. So I'm always speaking about playing a superhero. And a lot of actors, they don't want to play superheroes just because they might not see it as serious work. I, I saw some actor, an A-list actor, I'm not going to name names, but he called it clown work. And I don't, I think that's doing the fans, comic book fans specifically, because I'm a comic book fan myself, I think it's doing that a disservice because a lot of these stories are rich. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Logan, uh, yes. but that movie was incredible. I I cannot say enough how, how beautiful that movie was. And it was about a superhero, but it was about a superhero in real life situation, well, as real as you can get, I guess, in a situation that a lot of people can sympathize with. So, uh, What's the role? I'll give you two. So the first one is Cyclops. I don't know if you know that guy. Um, he's from the X-Men. And I oh, yes, always, yes, wanted to yes. always, always wanted to play that character because he's a leader. And from what I've seen on screen throughout my, my generation, through the films that I've gotten to see, he's never been shown as that true leader that he always has been in the comic books. So I want to, if I get the opportunity, I would love to take a crack at it. Right, and right. And honestly, I would just love to do a film with Denzel. That's that's a role I would love to do. Maybe he can pass on the equalizer role to me. I would love Ooh. to do that. All right. So what would we call it? The equalizer, the return? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or the equalizer, the new generation. All right. Because there's one, there's two. And wasn't there a third one that came out that last year? There definitely was. Yeah, the last one. Uh, I saw that in theaters. It was amazing. Denzel is a wonderful actor. He's probably the best of all time. Okay, could we do the Equalizer four, or do you think four is too much? What are your What are your thoughts, Stu, when the movie goes past four, five, six, seven, eight? <laughs> I I think I think the third one should be the the 
the swan song. I think that should be his final one. I think uh, his final symphony is what I would say. Because, I mean, not to be an ageist, but our, our great Denzel, he's getting a little up there in age. And I just don't want him, obviously. I mean, he could still do it if he can. But I think the story, um, they told the story that they were trying to tell for those three movies. So I think it was, if they do a fourth one, it'll be gratuitous. All right. But then Tom Cruise did it for Mission Impossible. Well, I know he Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Could they do a Mission Impossible 6? I thought they should have stopped Mission Truthfully, I thought they should have stopped it right at where, what is I think it was uh, Reckoning. Not the, not the Reckoning, excuse me. The, the one before this one, I think that's where they should have stopped it. All right. All right. Fast and the <laughs> Furious 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So, gonna... all right. So you probably do think eventually they should stop at, a, at some point, right? You know, it's fascinating that you brought that up because I'm a huge fan of Vin Diesel, specifically when he was a younger actor. He's right. actually a huge inspiration to me as well uh, because we I have a lot of bass in my voice. So that sort of takes some roles away from me just because uh, there's something I, I mean, you can control your voice, but there's only so much you can do with baritone. And he's been an inspiration specifically the way he utilizes his voice. That's actually that's one role that I've always drawn up and wrote about in my like in my in my acting journals is playing Dominic Toretto's son. And I can Ooh. definitely see it now. Because I don't know if you saw the other movies, the last one that came out. His son was, uh, he looked like an Afro-Latino. He had the same skin complexion that I do, same curly hair. So, no. All right. All right, let's speak that into existence. Or we can come up with the Furious and the Fast, a new series. (laughs) 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 And we can do one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe. Or we can continue. Do you ever see a Fast and the Furious 23? I sh- I sincerely hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but the story keeps going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny, right? It, it definitely does. They, they keep finding ways to push the envelope. And I'm one of those people that eats it up. I go to the theater every time a new one comes out just because I just eat that, that action, heavy cars, everything, all that up. Okay, okay, okay. And what do you want to say? What's your message? What do you want to tell other actors and actresses that we have gotten out of the 2023 strike and, you know, productions are back, TV shows are back, we're sort of back to normal. What do you want to tell other actors and actresses in the year of 2024? Definitely. So, uh, like you brought up there, there has been a strike. We just got out of the strike. And it's a it's unprecedented time. The the AI debacle, the AI talks, it's a scary time to be an actor, to be in the arts, specifically with big studios and big productions. I would say to the actors that I know auditions are slow. Roles are getting fewer and farther between now just because with the new guidelines that SAG-AFTRA has provided for all of us, there are going to be lesser jobs now just because there needs to be there has been better rates. Uh, so people are getting paid more. And as you know, that means less jobs. I would say keep going, keep auditioning, and keep working because uh, this Seth Rogen actually said this. If you quit, you'll never make it. But if you keep going, you might make it. 
you know? So it's it's just the game of numbers, just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping something eventually sticks. And listen, you might hit the you like your luck might hit one day and it'll suck if you're not prepared for it. So always prepare and always be ready for at any given moment to have that moment for you and to make sure you shine and people see who you are. Right, right, right. But if I do give up, doesn't it mean I'm tired and I just want a break to rejuvenate myself? Can't well, giving no, up be a good thing sometimes? When giving, definitely, I wouldn't, so when, when you put it that way, I wouldn't call it giving up. I would say you're regrouping. Uh, but make sure that you don't regroup so long that you lose a certain part of yourself. I also, that's a good point that you brought up. If this, because this is sometimes, it can be a fruitless career. You can be working for, for years or decades. And uh, anyways, like I was saying, so the decades will go by and it can be fruitless. But if you feel like it's a detriment and you don't feel the passion for it anymore, then yeah, maybe take a break and uh, regroup. But never, never give up. If this is something you love and you see yourself doing, please, I, I promise you, you'll find some kind of success and you'll keep going if you just keep doing it. Right, right, right. And are you comfortable with AI taking Junior's image and using it? I am for sure not comfortable with that. I actually lost a couple jobs because I wasn't okay with uh, selling my, my uh, what do you call it, my AI replicant, whatever the case may be, or my rights to my voice, whatever the case. It's, it's extremely scary, but SAG-AFTRA, have done their absolute best to make sure that that doesn't happen if we don't want it to. And some actors are. Howie Mandel sold his rights, what do you call it, to use a replica of him. Yep. Don't know how that's working for him right now, but maybe we'll hear in two years it worked out. Maybe we'll hear it didn't work out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, th I think it's it's mostly a thing of consent. If you can, If you consent to... Uh, having your face and your likeness being used, the more power to you. But I feel like if it's not, if it's not given to the actor, if it's not given as a question or consent, that's where the lines really become, uh, really become obviously drawn, and that's when obviously the strike happens and stuff of that nature. Right, right, right. Okay. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms and some of the projects we can look out for you in? Definitely. Thank you so much. So I only have Instagram at the moment. It is at the Junior Reyes. So it'll be T-H-E-Y-U-N-I-O-R Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S. And I believe we were speaking about it beforehand. Uh, the project that you guys can look out for is Reynoso Familia. It's a project that I wrote and produced with my team, Sheree M. Lewis and Mr. Ladarius Wins, my beloved team. I love them so much. I would like to give a shout out to my partner, Ms. Ashley Carvajal, and uh, all the rest of the cast on there as well. And yeah, just uh, keep going. And thank you so much for the opportunity to speak about the thing that I love the most. Okay, okay. Any final things you would love to tell Matt Radio Toronto? To keep listening to Mr. Donovan LaCroix.
Okay, okay, I thank you. And listeners, make sure when you're looking him up, it's you put Y, not J, okay? It's Y, yes. what do you call it? It is Junior, but it's Y, okay? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I just wanted to set that record straight for the listeners. Hope you don't mind. Please do, yes. <laughs> All right, for Met Radio, 1280 AM, I am Donovan LaCroixy. I would love to thank Actor. You can throw out your name again. My name is Junior Reyes. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Thank you.